Ah, persnickety. Sounds like there's a ghost in here. You guys, see, you guys hear that ghost? I gotta find out once and for all. I'm gonna pull out this Ghost Vision Viewer app that I got on iTunes that Andrew Main made. You know, it's got a radar that maps out points in space, tells you of a highly improbable and potentially paranormal event taking place, an imager, a word generator, a PK detector, an arrow, and a yes or no. Yeah, that way ghosts can tell me yes or no. Give me advice on my life. You know, there's no credible evidence that the paranormal has ever existed, but you can be the first. You'll be armed to the teeth with the Andrew Main Ghost Vision Viewer. Find it on the iTunes store or go to andrewmain.com slash ghostvision to see a demo. Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mr. Andrew Main. Joining me is Mr. Brian Brushwood. Hello, people. Mr. Justin Robert Young. What up? I like how I just gave myself the Mr. Honorific before my title and as well for you guys. Dude, is that something that traditionally is earned? Like you have to get your PhD, you got to get your MR? Probably get married or something. <laughs> you have to, you have to pass puberty and survive. <laughs> hey, <laughs> enough with the rules. Yet. You have to like you have to like karate chop a solid piece of wood. Yeah, you can do it. We had a really really fun episode last week, and if those of you who are listening haven't listened to it, you should check it out. It's called Room Seven One Seven, and totally by chance, the episode that ended up coming up for Halloween. Brian was, it was chance. Andrew. Fate. Brian and his youthful ward, Chad, ended up staying in a hotel room that was allegedly haunted, and we conducted a ghost investigation. And the comments have been fantastic. People are calling it one of their favorite episodes ever. And some people listened to it last night on Halloween and were scared by it, which was really, really cool. So I hope we can do more of that. And and if it matters to anyone, like that was not in any way planned. It's it's like no. it's like opening your door to go out to work and there's just a gold brick sitting there in front of you where it's like I was, you know, we were tired, we were on the road, and they're like, Oh, by the way, welcome to the hotel with number <laughs> nine on the ten most haunted destinations for travelers. I, I have this Im- image. Remember Twilight Zone, the movie where like wanna see something really scary? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they do that to you. I don't know. Or some and Tim Burton Brooks effect. and Dan Aykroyd are there suddenly. Yes, that'd be kind of spooky. So it was fun, and I hope we can do more of that. And yeah, like Brian said, we didn't. I mean, we certainly maybe try to put ourselves in a very uh, be- non-skeptical state and trying to look for any kind of hits we could get, which we, we, we think is our to be duty. Of the moment and appreciate mm-hmm. all of its spookiness to the best of our abilities. Well, for yeah, sure, I, I'll say this about this entire podcast series that weirdthings.com. I know when, when we first uh, came up with the idea for the website, I know personally, I, I thought that there was going to be a point where we were going to have people saying, you know, like, oh, you're doing more harm than good. You're, you're making, you know, the believer argument sound too awesome. And, <laughs> and like, I, I thought that eventually that would happen. And it's just like, I, I've, I, if there's one thing that I've been surprised about with, with the podcast, with Weird Things TV, with the website, it's just that we've gotten none of that. Like, I don't think we've ever once gotten somebody, skeptics, believers, anybody that 
are in any way confused about where our position is, which is amazing and awesome. And just kind of to me shows that there are so many people out there, skeptics, that get, who, people that get it, people that don't yeah. necessarily believe everything they hear on late night AM radio, but still tune in on their long drives. Because it's it, hilarious. It, well, not hilarious. You know, it's like, awesome. Oh, it's it's so awesome. Stupid. And, yeah, and, it's, and it's also, awesome. yeah, we, awesome. and I think people who believe this stuff know that, you know, when we, one of us gets checked into a haunted hotel room, we're going to do a real best to our ability ghost hunting expedition. We're going to give we're it a college try, man. Give it a Yeah, 100%. we're not going to write it off. We love this stuff. We I wish you guys stuff. could have seen Chad's face. Like, he was full on trying to trying to contact. Like, the the desire was in his heart to, to As contact it should be. Walter. Oh, dude, Chad rocked it. Chad was the MVP of that episode. <laughs> I thought that that he... He totally stood up and and was uh, was was killing it. So he was the MVP. Up to to young, young Chad. Shout yes. out to Chad. So Brian, week or, week ago, Justin and I went up. We saw you at Halloween Horror Nights. We didn't talk about it last episode. I'm going to mention it was great to see you in front of a huge audience. People cheering you on, despite me telling them. You know, not to. <laughs> yeah, that was a could, next time. Could you not stand up in the middle of my performance and explain how my tricks are done? Yeah, contain your enthusiasm. Look how many nails he has there. Come on, it's a fake eye. Fake yeah. eye. It's not yeah. really sticking a nail into it. He, he does actually, a straight jacket. Passing out leaflets. He does a straight jacket every night. All right, come on. <laughs> he so. always itches his nose there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll have you know that I, I I clapped and cheered very, very loudly. And it's always interesting when you go see somebody perform with their friends. And sometimes you see the friend, we won't name names, who's too cool to clap or cheer. And it's like, come on. What's funny cheer. is I didn't know there was that friend. And all of a sudden I'm doing the math and I'm like, pretty sure I just figured out who the one person <laughs> probably was. Yeah. Me. No, it wasn't. Justin was I'm great, too. You heard sure. Justin <laughs> from the back of the all the way to the back here. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was only, and if you haven't, you haven't seen the the NSFW in joke with the F a dog thing, then please go check out NSFW. Uh, but there was another uh, uh, an audience that when I was there the first time, where that organically just naturally yeah. happened. So really, that was only my homage. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, that I was got, that was Justin trying to recreate a moment of sheer horrific magic. I, I imagine twelve years from now. Brian Brushwood's running for president of the United States. Okay. <laughs> He's at the debate. The debate is being held in front of the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument overlooking somewhere farther off Jefferson facing right at you. Okay. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people are rallied around and you get up to do your talk. And at first I want to thank my wife, Bonnie. I'd like to thank my daughters, the astronaut and the astrophysicist for the support. And I'd like to thank my good friends wave to me, I nod, and you like, my good friend, Justin Robert Young, and all we hear from there, from this far off in the audience where you're pointing to her, Justin is, <laughs> on On CNN Live. <laughs> Every network, globally, okay? And then Justin just does his best thumbs up, and <laughs> you just lose 20 points right there. <laughs> Could totally see it. Could totally see it. There yeah. it is. That, 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 that's your Dukakis moment. Yeah, yeah that's me right, riding in a tank. And you just, you just face palm, just face palm right there. <laughs> I can't go on with this. So, got to spend some time, got to meet your family. Uh, your family is absolutely wonderful and delightful. Yeah, it'll and, be interesting to see how the scenarios change now that you know that my daughter's chastity <laughs> and, oh, no. and brilliance are real people. Uh, I wouldn't count on it going in a positive direction. <laughs> 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 they have a sense of humor about themselves. So... 
I, I got to tell you, I Brian, I, we had a we had a talk. We we sometimes have discussions for the show. We talk politics, stuff like this, and and sometimes we we uh, you know, we, we 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 get like as friends do. You just sort of get we get passionate about stuff, even though we kind of mostly agree. Um, I am an optimist about the future, and absolutely an optimist about the future. And I'm going to give you one really good example of what just another reason why I am so optimistic about the future. Because like one, kids are amazing. Kids are awesome, and your kids are awesome. And I'm going to tell you the most awesome thing I've heard a kid say since the last maybe awesome thing my niece said a while ago. But this was just brilliant. Okay, we were Justin, Bonnie, and. Uh, Penny, Katie and Brett were sitting there at a bench over at Universal Studios by the City Walk. And uh, one of your daughters was just like running around playing with the fountains that, you know, shot out of the ground because it is pretty awesome. And then uh, the oldest daughter, uh, Penny. Yes. Or do you want to use Prudence or with the other name of Penny? Prudence and Penny, That's right. Yeah. yeah Prudence. Penny. Penny said something. And Penny, both your kids, their kids are awesome. What's, what's neat about Penny is you see this. How old is Penny? Uh, she's six. Okay, you see, you ever, imagine an adorable six-year-old little girl who still looks like Brian, but is adorable, <laughs> saying and making Brian mannerisms, okay? It is it is uncanny at some point because it's like, wow, I've seen Brian make that frustration face or whatever. I've seen Brian do that, okay? She said the coolest thing. I mean, she just, it just this was what made the trip for me. You guys were planning to go see the space shuttle launch. Yes. Right. Okay, and it, which was supposed to go today, got delayed. It's going to get delayed Wednesday. Are you going to go? Are you back in Texas now? Or we're, we're, no, we're trying to work it out, but but hopefully fin- it'll happen. Okay. So, your wife Bonnie said something like, "Yeah, we want to go see the launch," and 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 Penny's sort of paying attention, kind of half in this world, half in that little world kids are in. And, and but you know, Bonnie says, "Yeah, we want to go see the launch because it's going to be the last space shuttle launch." Penny's eyes just started to water. Okay, she is that person. She wraps herself up in the essence of whatever is the if you say this is the last dog turd that will ever be run over by a car, she will run over and be like, oh, it's the last one ever. Brian, don't ruin this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Her eyes. We're going to cut that part out. (laughs) Okay. Her eyes water up and she goes, but I want to go into space. Okay. Dude, she does. She Six. loves space. She's the reason yeah. I learned my constellations is because I wanted to be able to tell her the story of the skies. When we gave birth to Penelope, I'm going to say we, I mean, I didn't do it. I didn't, my part was easy. But right. uh, but I knew that I wanted to be able to share the story of the stars to my daughter. So I started to learn my skies. Oh, what? that's a good dad. So yeah, she's she's like, she was tears. I mean, because she was, a, she, you know, we had to explain like, oh, no, space shuttle, but there's other spaceships. She's like, really? Pull out my iPhone. I say, let me tell you what, we're going to give you a choice. There's Spaceship Two. Pulled up the Virgin Galactic spaceship, showed her, took her to the site, showed her the SpaceX spaceships, the Dragon ship. She was much calmer when she realized that privatization of space is well on its place and that there will be an opportunity for girls like easier, her to grow up and become astronauts. Yeah. Could so. not be happier. I mean, like, I am so jazzed about the privatization of space travel. It, but it's one thing when geeks like us are excited about that, but when a six-year-old girl a is emotionally, 
when robots yeah. like us look to the uh, yeah heavens. exactly yeah somebody <laughs> with real feeling yeah when she's when she's you but, know but what is a new program for us <laughs> well that's is that you know we 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 it's a scary kind of thing to look at like you know the end of the space shuttle the end of this era of for for better for worse the problems the program has had but it did bring us into space and did bring us somewhat closer in some ways and maybe held us back in other avenues but it was you know, a lot of great things were done. And now we've got this new era where you, you can show a six-year-old and say, okay, well, this one in a year's time, you're going to be able to book a flight on here if you're really rich. But that was like when air travel started. Here's another one that's going to be sending people to the space station is doing this. Didn't exist a couple of years ago. And there's that now. And so that's, that's a hopeful future. And the fact that's really cool about it is that a six-year-old kid looks at that and says, I want a place in there. I want to be a part of that. And that's awesome. Well, you better believe that before she's seven, she'll understand why we need a space elevator. Exactly. Exactly. Well, they're not going to build a space elevator. What? (laughs) That's going to be the last space elevator we ever built. (laughs) No. Atoms, the building block of life. Would be better than one single atom, or as I like to call it, Nature's Lego. Well, easy. It'd be 12 atoms. It'd be a billion things with 12 atoms. You can make a fraction of a tick's fart, for example. Or you could just go ahead on Twitter and follow one of our most devoted Weird Things fans, Adam12. Here's how you spell it. A-T-0-M-X-1-1. 12 in Roman numerals. Why does numerals have to be Roman? I ain't got no idea. Why don't you follow him on Twitter and ask him. Adam12, go! Brian, Justin becomes ridiculously wealthy. Uh, Finally! Okay. Uh, You know, the mold that's growing in the refrigerator in the office, he goes to throw it out. To have the most powerful neurotoxin that the Black Ops teams have ever seen. Could be that. It could actually maybe let you go into hypersleep or something too. Whatever. Justin becomes multi-gazillion, super, super, super stupid rich. Now, uh, for my own sanity, can I pretend like this happened by accident? It wasn't like, yeah. Of course. Of course. No. This is science fiction. This is science fiction, Brian, not fantasy. Okay. I am carefully growing that mold to my exact specifications. <laughs> so he becomes really, really wealthy, right? And, and we lose touch with him for a while. Yeah. You get a knock. <laughs> you get a knock on your door, and it's actually the, the metal tip of his cane knocking on your door. <laughs> Cheerio, chap. And you're like, man, he's like he's like an extra like horse and carriage outside. He just like went really eccentric. And he's like, Brian, Brian Ope Chum. I have a proposition for you. <laughs> I, by the way, I love the idea that Justin is so juvenile that his perception of being rich means he has to become British. Oh, yeah. And like Charles Dickens rich, yes. too. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody like, has to call him governor. <laughs> yeah, I become really, really, you know, uh, I started to detest the homeless and I just, you know, just brush them off. And by homeless, I mean anyone who makes under two million dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> Like we'd imagine his campaign for presidency, top hat, monocle. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what's good for you. Oh, no. This yacht tax is absurd, I tell you. <laughs> pip, pip. Yes. So he knocks on your door and says, Brian, I've 
I've had a project, and uh, I've built a massive spaceship that's in orbit right now. As yeah. you know, we've, we've discovered another planet. This planet is... Bone Earth. Yeah, no, another one. This is five, five or six, you know, it's, you know, six light years away. Okay. And closer. Planets. Now, there, there's a, to side note, a little bit of science fact here. There's a new article came out which speculates that half of the stars in our galaxy may have Earth sized worlds around I them. I saw this, dude. That blew my brain explosion right there. Now, Brian, do you remember how many stars there are in the Milky Way? Uh, you know, I started to count, and I got up to like three or four dozen, and then I wrote it down in my journal as uh, Herrer, H-R-A-I-R. Well, I, I happen to know um, because I had to pull up stars. the 27 stars. It's one of the things, like, I'm like, I keep remembering, like, no, it can't be that many. I'm like, yes, it is. Okay. Between 100 to 400 billion stars. Wow. All That's right? a lot so, of stars. So let's just say 100 billion, okay? Let's just say 100 billion stars. Half of them having planets, Brian. Let's make Justin do the math. How many, have, how many Earth-sized planets are there? Uh, okay. 27. So we have 100, 100 billion? Divided by two. Uh, divided by two? You're looking at 27. over 450 stars. <laughs> <laughs> over. He is, over. Te- he is technically correct. <laughs> So we're looking at 50 billion, and that's at the low end. Low end, 50 billion to 200 billion Earth-sized planets. The chances of some of them being capable of supporting life, pretty good. 100%. Sure, or, wait, I'm sorry, what it was of some sort, like, no matter what, right? Like, well, you know. forget life. We, we want to uninhabit it, because you got life, you're going to have Greenpeace and all those other groups. Like, don't step on that algae. No. We have to prove that it's not sentient and all yeah, that. Yeah, like, I mean, isn't that the beautiful thing about space? We can just outrun people we don't like. We hope so. So anyhow, we find this planet. They, you know, we find this planet a few years now after you're massively wealthy, and you built a spaceship, and you're like, ah, oh, Brian, we can send a ship there. You're like, all right. Brian's like, all right, that's cool. He's like, well, here's the deal. By the way, I only talked to you through a, uh, a mediator, because I don't like talking to the homeless. Yeah, no, you actually yeah. hire Andrew to tell me all this, yes. because you don't want to look me in the eyes as you say it. And I only I only communicate uh, with Andrew through handwritten notes. Okay, yeah. got it. And I'm the, I'm the only one that can. I'm, I'm there because I can remember his ATM number and carry the card for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I remember what he likes to talk about. So, planet, habitable planet, six or seven light years. Let me make it seven light years away. Okay, seven light years away. It actually could be within that close. Seven light years away. He just like we built this ship. You're like, all right. So here's the deal. We, we can't travel light speed. I'm sorry. We don't have that capability yet. We, we can go, you know, 10% the speed of light. Okay. Which is still pretty freaking fast. That's okay? real 10, fast. Yeah. 10, so, you know, so it's like, yeah, it, it takes 70 years to get there. 70 years to get there. Right. And the cool thing is, is we can use like cryogenic sleep. So we can put you in there. So you could go there. You, you'd be able to set foot on the planet. All right. And we've got enough information about, you know, the, the atmosphere there. We know it's habitable. It's a big ship. It'll have greenhouses and all sorts of stuff. We're looking to send families there because it is a one-way trip. Brian, Duh. this planet's not big enough for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls out the deed to your house. <laughs> rips it up. 
No. Wait, yeah, by I, the way, I thought he was just going to offer me the chance to go. I didn't know he was here to threaten me and to put me in my place. All of a sudden, I'm like, screw you. Get off my no, property. I, le- uh, leave, leave it to the homeless to misunderstand the true aims of a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm like, I have to gently, you know, no, he, he's, he's being polite, Brian. He's just, you know, this is way now. And you, we turn around and he's like slapping some endangered animal. inexplicably so anyhow you have this opportunity to go on this it's one way you and your family get to go and it's a big big spaceship okay so you'd be like cryosleep for part of it it's big it's going to go into orbit be a space station how old am i when i set foot on this planet you will be um i'm mid-30s now so say what late 40s mid 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 40s i mean this is take okay well i'm saying this takes place 10 years from now so i've got to add like 10 years okay so i'm in mid 40s when this conversation happens and i ride it'll be three years it'll be three or four it'll be three or four years your time because you're gonna spend most of it in cryosleep oh wow oh my god are you kidding me it's like i'm totally going i I, I, I don't know i say that i'm gonna i'm gonna let me put it this way the i actually wonder if it would be interesting to go back and read the accounts of the original pioneers that came to the new world because I exactly. suspect it had more to do with what they had to lose in the old world than it had to do with what they had to gain in the new world. Because let's face it, it's not pretty. You get there, there's no life. You have a life of toil and 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 torment, and then you die barely even understanding that they'll name mountains after you after you die, you know, or, or your face will be on a coin uh, a million years from now. It's like, um, it's, it's not a pretty life, but I would imagine if you have nothing here or if you feel like you had more to gain by going, you would go. And it's like, I, I, I want to basically boils down to if I'm world famous, I'm not going, If I'm not world famous. I'm going. All right. So your family, you would take the wife and the two kids. Of course. Of course. Yeah. All right. They have to be. I mean, they didn't ask for that though. Like, come on! Like that—that's—that's that's a you decision. But do you, you think you think Bonnie's going along with that? Hey, let, let's load the girls who are just, you know, uh, you know, becoming, uh, you know, uh, oh sentient to understand culture. Let's put them on a spaceship for the rest of their lives so they die. Oh my god! Well, no, they're not going to be on there. I mean, they, it'll be four years of their time. No, but that's a really good point. It's just like, really, these are girls who might find a nice boy and settle down. You're saying you want to go put them on a godforsaken rock, light years away, so they could die alone. Really? Well, that's wow. the question that I think you should ask as a responsible father, not a horrible, horrible human being, would be how how many other people are going on there? Yeah, I guess I mean, that boy. Yeah, the, yeah, that that matters. How many people are going? By the way, uh, it's it's a pretty gigantic spaceship. So yeah. uh, just you and Justin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, just us, bro. Come on, <laughs> it's a joyride through space <laughs> with me and your daughters. Yeah. Let's say let's do cruise. I've ship got size. mixed tapes. Let's say five thousand. We'll say we'll put five thousand people on there. Okay. All right. No. Okay. Uh, um, uh, five thousand people, and the the purpose is is we five thousand are going to start a new world. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go colonize. You're gonna go there, start a new world. You're gonna homestead. You're gonna uh, you know we've we've set up kind of a loose idea of what government you should have, and that's planned in advance. You're oh my God! Tools. You tell me, are you telling me that I get to have a hand in shaping a society for generations to come? Like oh, I can stand you're, up and you're, be you're one of those founding and give one of my high-minded, highfalutin ideas about the role of government and stuff, and have it be heard. I'm so mm-hmm. going. I'm so there. What happens if Bonnie says no? Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, Bonnie, there's no way she goes for that, right? Wait. 
Bonnie doesn't go? No. No, I don't know. God, would she? No. Would she go for this? Oh, I don't know. I mean, she's got an adventurous spirit for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially. Yeah, Brian, there's a, there's adventure and then there's friggin' adventure of human history, epic proportions. And then there's like, one way space trip. Yeah. One way. I don't know. This Out. is a conversation that we'll have to have with each other. Okay. <laughs> right. So now. you're, you're, you're Wake good. You're up. good to go. Okay. Like, I'm trying to think of the right time to have this conversation <laughs> where it's like, or it's like we're, we're in bed together and I'm like, so. What do you think about one way travel to the stars? <laughs> I'm going to say a word. You tell me what you think of Arcturus. Okay. Now, by the way, you have to have that decision made before the girls get any older. Right. I mean, like, I feel like you guys should like no joke beyond this, you know, conversation. You guys should have this conversation like tomorrow. Yeah. Just because- in case, because the opportunity may arise. At some point, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and you, and you, I mean, you, you want to philosophically know where you stand before, you know, life complicates things. All right, right Brian, uh, let, let's up this one level here. Oh, great. Because that's what I really need is more at stake. So you're, you're okay. You're, you're, you'll present this to your family. You're like, okay, I like this idea. So don't, you'll take it to the family vote. And, and it seems like you feel reasonably content that you could convince Bonnie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. so so what if, here's the wrinkle, what if we don't have that cryosleep thing? Well, I was thrilled that you even threw that in because I've already wrestled with the idea of it in general. Like, do I want to go and live the rest of my life on a journey? Like, if I could die setting foot on another world, I mean, if I, let's say if I, to be honest, it's not that big a difference with the scenario you presented to begin with versus the idea of the exact same thing, only we land when I'm 65 and I get seven to 10 good years to influence the shaping of this world before I croak. Like, it's still, I'm down for it. Now, whether or not Bonnie's down for it, that's going to be different. Right. But you, you'll, you, you know your daughters will be able to set foot there. You know, oh, or, yeah, no, my daughters, they're, they're, dude, they're going to be hot property I mean, by the time we land. Let's well, do like a 70-year trip. So they're, they're going to be, you know, We're going to be too. hot, wrinkly property by the time yeah. we land. That is for sure. All right. Well, Brian, I'm glad you answered that because as it turns out that Justin is, in fact, a taxpayer. <laughs> True fact. Bet you didn't know. Yeah. To the government, the United States government, which funds many things, one of which is this group called nasa yeah oh, I all right heard about this this is the secret nasa hundred year flight right yes yeah, so apparently the head of the ames research center peter warden had suggested or said that nasa committed a hundred thousand dollars to a project for what's called in sci-fi like a generation ship okay which is big yeah and the idea is it's a ship that would if you want to colonize before you have really fast ways to get out there you just build this really big self-contained spaceship yeah you can call it a space station point in the direction and send it going this generation ship and it'll get there eventually the people who leave here aren't going to be the people who land it's going to be their great great grandchildren perhaps and so they've done that the darpa has has you know donated apparently or put a million dollars into this project and other people, they've been talking to billionaires and saying, hey, would you be interested in funding this? Would you, would you like to do this? Billionaires are those people that are in a position, though, to have one of those drunken 4 a.m. arguments and then just fling $40 million at the project. Oh, like, you funny. You. I got to start arguing with billionaires at 4 in the morning. 
<laughs> funny. Well, funny you should mention that because apparently one of the Google guys has been talking back and forth with like Bert Rutan or some other people, some of these private space people saying, you know, if you can get the price of a Mars mission down to a couple, like 1 billion or 2 billion, let me know. Dude, that's so awesome. Yes. How awesome. That's, ah, that's so, that's, I mean, if you look at how lunatic billionaires can spend their money these days, it is amazing. I am Starship. Glad. When Starship is on the table. I, when, I really, really, really hope that we continue on this path of society for which we can, I aspire to live in a world where lunatic millionaires can make such profound change. It, it, what, what I love about that too is you could put Google billionaire, you know, ta- in talks to the build or buy own starship to go to nearby planets on the national Enquirer, but it won't get ridicule. Dude. Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like, yeah, cool. That's a good, good idea. That's a good idea. And now like, uh, I think a million dollars DARPA spend it on a lot worse, a million dollars towards this idea of maybe we should be thinking longer term, longer range. How, how do we, how would we get there knowing what we know now and what we're going to know 10 years from now is going to change things and what we're going to know 50 years from now. And I, I'm excited about this next generation of children who are growing up in places and growing up in ways where you can talk about space elevators and all this sort of far out stuff and not think that it's we can all be dreamers and be doers. I've, I've talked about this like since I mean, it must have been high school when I had the realization that we're nothing but bacteria in a Petri dish and Bacteria left in a petri dish is going to choke itself out, or at the very least, even if it learns to regulate itself, as our population looks like it's learning to do, at the very least, that's all our eggs in one petri dish. We got to diversify, mm-hmm. man. We got to get off this rock. Absolutely, I I believe that the if the timeline of hu- of human history really begins once we start going out there, Absolutely. out beyond here, dude. And by the way, like you were saying, like the they have this allegory to. You know the 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 Oregon Trail, right? Of like people yeah. getting blessed and everything, and I definitely think that that, that there is there, and I I talk about it in one, in the I think it's Fridays Weird Things TV, but at the same time, this is so much better. Like yeah. this is like a billion Oregon Dude, Trails. If you're awesome. one of those people Dude. on the on that spaceship who's the first human to shuffle no, this, so this dumb earth thing yeah oh my god it's like a billion times no, no, no. Awesome it's earth. better because you're gonna fight space indians you're gonna get space yeah. dysentery you're gonna then we need to we need to start working oxen. up our space space space, deer. space smallpox <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm getting I'm, I'm gonna practice coughing now here's here's the thing too which which i was glad to see this and it's certainly going to get some criticism about from you know, where is our government spending our money? But we need this kind of thinking because one of the things that's frustrating to me is you'll see uh, this comes up time and again. Somebody say, "Oh, what about colonizing another planet?" You get this, you, you get the tired argument. Well, you know, fuel consumption rate. The faster you want to go, you need more fuel and to carry that fuel and all that. I'm like, all right, then don't carry the fuel. <laughs> Just drift, you know? man. Well, not even drift. Or find you know, a way to la- you, more you know, fuel. Uh, or you know. going going with what we know now, you could use lasers to project. You can use lasers to bounce off of stuff. You could build a massive thing around the sun that basically projects a beam of light that's going to reflect off of something and power the you know solar sails. You don't. People get stuck into sort of this very Newtonian way of looking at things and don't realize there are other things. The thing too that's interesting is that when we think about our galaxy and we're starting to realize now we think about our solar system we kind of think it's this little isolated dish this little isolated you know, ring of planets going around our sun and then 
four light years away as our nearest neighbor. But there's stuff in between there. You know, we have, I think, the Kuiper Belt. We're finding the Oort Cloud. We're finding that these little reason we demoted Pluto was because we found all these other objects that are like that size, but way further out. And you can keep going from world to world, very small places outside of our solar system. And you're not quite sure when you reach the boundary layer. And that's kind of a cool, too. I wonder how much energy it would take just to like you think about the energy to for the propulsion, the chemical propulsion or, you mm-hmm. know, even a solar sail or whatever, but the energy to just keep people alive in that, you know, it, it minus cryosleep scenarios. I think that energy consumption would be so fractionally less than what you're dealing with for any kind of propulsion which, system. Which is we, a good way to put it in perspective, because like imagine all the energy you, you, you use from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed being virtually nothing compared to the energy it takes to propulse this giant space arc. Oh, yeah. I think the, uh, the amount of uh, plutonium or whatever they use in the reactors on nuclear-powered air, aircraft car- or nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, smaller than a light bulb. Nuh-uh. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. Boy, that's another place we can look at it is, is people who have uh, – what's the longest people have spent inside a, a freaking sub? Oh, I don't know. Well, this would be way better than a sub, right? If we're doing 100 I, I years think, up in this piece. I, I think we'd like to imagine it being better than a sub. I think the reality oh, I, I think, is no, that I think it would be pretty close to a sub. No, I think it would be bigger. I think it would be – I think we'd design it like a cruise ship. I think it would be modern cruise ship type design as big as that is and because you don't want people going nuts – yeah, no, because you will literally murder each other well, if it's not on some level of comfort. The There was an article I must have read on MSNBC almost a decade ago talking about a proposal for a space arc that was roughly the size of Manhattan. And as a result, every time I've gone to Manhattan Island and stayed there, I've always just pictured myself on a space arc. And uh, yeah. it doesn't seem so bad. I'd, I'd be well, down Manhattan, with that. I mean, what, are you talking about, like, Manhattan alone is... It's like what? Four million people? Yeah. Right? Well, no, 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 no. That, that, but that's that's people. A lot of those are commuters. We're talking about like live actually in there. So picture Manhattan at night. No, there's there's eight million in New York City, like five boroughs. Wow, that's a lot. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a statistic for you in just a yeah. second here. That's so right. If there's a yourselves. fact laying on the ground to be picked up, Andrew Maine will have it instantly. Well I, well, I like to I like to add color. I like to give some. <laughs> and by color, little... we mean factual content. Well, yeah, but it's not like I'm pulling it out of my brain. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> um, let me pull this up. Please continue. Don't let me stop you. But um, the difference is, is if you get something the size of Manhattan, I can fathom being born, living my life, and dying in a world that size and still having a fulfilling existence. Oh, it's, yeah. No, definitely. I think, yeah, if you, you could... You can never leave Manhattan. And, and, I and a could, lot of people don't. I could even see committing my grandchildren to that kind of lifestyle where it's like, if I knew, like, let's say I'm a 20 year old, it's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to live the rest of my life on this island. And if I'm very, very lucky, shortly before I die, I'll get to see my grandchildren step off of this into a new world to shape society. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. Yeah. What's, what's your lower limit? On what size? I mean, a sustainable population. I mean, you're going to need thousands. Well, think about, I mean, I, I think you, I'm going to have a hard time below 5,000. Okay. Think about two with, with 
virtual reality technologies, I think you get above a certain size and you're not going to really, it's going to, you're going to have holodecks. You're going to have that in there. Well, we already um, do. I mean, we live in an age where, where there are very productive members of society who care nothing for their actual social lives and instead care entirely for their virtual social lives on uh, mm -hmm. whether it be on podcasts or on you know World of Warcraft or you name it. And imagine, I would imagine in the next 50 years, that's going to ramp up exponentially as far as the fidelity oh, of the experience. I absolutely agree. I think, absolutely think, I think we're going to just see these things just augmented consistently, consistently to the, the point that you don't even think about it anymore. Um, it, it, you know, our concept of reality and somebody else's is, is to your kids, your kids, you know, we, we're still, we're old enough to go look at Skype and video conferencing this kind of novel sort of thing where to your kids, there's sort of a thing you take for granted that on TV screens, you can talk to grandma. Yeah, of course. So you ready for this? I'm um, ready. Longest ship ever. Longest ship ever. So longest moving object, I would presume. Yes. Please hold your tongue and repeat the following line. Is was the Seawise Giant built by Sumoto Heavy Industries and it was 1,504 feet long. Okay. That's... You lay. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's not quite the size of Manhattan Island. No, no, it's not. But it's a sort of thing where we can start to understand in Manhattan Island terms when you when you lay, uh, you know, five of those, less than five, like four of those, you've got four and a half of those, you've got a mile. So yeah. 40 of those laid in for end. Or if we take all of the ships, all of the super tankers of the, in the, the top list here, you've got. If we put them all in for end and strap them together, you're not you're not you're going to approach the land area of Manhattan. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, so Justin, we'll rely on you to get busting on that mold. We'll buy those ships. We'll duct tape them together, throw them into space, and bada bing bang, we got ourselves a world. You see, Brian, it's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, did you know that the live a day every single day for the rest of your life comedy Groundhog Day was originally called Giga Loop? You didn't. That's because it wasn't true. I made it up for this little spot here. And because Giga Loop sponsored our podcast. Giga Loop is one of our biggest fans. They're fantastic. And I think you should follow her on Twitter at Giggle Loop because she's great. And you're great. And we can be great together. Go! So, Brian. Andrew. Justin. Hey! It's, it's hard to ask Justin these questions, because Justin's just kind of up for anything. Lonely? <laughs> Waiting to be talked to? Yeah, a little bit of that. But we're going to... I got to get halfway through you, asking, and the answer is yes. So, so you guys have been watching... I haven't started watching it, but you've been watching Walking Dead... Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, first episode, sure. Just Justin, finished just minutes ago. Justin? Yes. What how when you watch some of those zombie survival type shows or the stories? Yeah. Does that do you reflect on that? Oh god, yeah. No, absolutely. Like I mean, I, I started to think, you know, where number one, you know, what what would I do immediately if I were in a situation, you know, uh, politically in, in that, in that, you know, game mentality, you know, wh where do you want to be on that pecking order? Uh, you know, uh, 
in terms of how, how much do you want to voice your opinion when it comes down to life or death decisions on where to move? When do you split away? Oh God. Yeah. No, everything. Okay. Your phone goes off. Okay. Your, your mom says, listen, uh, she and her boyfriend were out of town. Yeah. Okay. She's like, Justin, I, I'm sure you've seen the news. I just need you to go take care of yourself. We're going to be fine. You're like, what? You go click on your computer. You're at the you're at the warehouse that you open up Drudge Report. Sure. And you see how many sirens are we talking about? Put it, uh, put, it put it in siren term for me. It's as many sirens as he can put on there. Okay. That's a lot of gifts. That's a uh, lot of siren gifts. Okay. And he uses and it, you look at this like, oh wow, it's a it's a frame grab from Walking Dead, but it's not. Okay. okay. Right. Somebody, it's this. It says you know riot in Seattle, riots in Chicago. People killing each other, infected with we don't know what. I mean, this is happening like tomorrow, okay? All of a sudden, public places, it's just been erupting with violence. People just killing each other, hands, feet, whatever they can do, acting irrationally. Police officers going crazy, shooting people, and just total pandemonium. Just just for the record, Andrew, so I'm on the right page here, you are not talking about the riots happening in San Francisco because of the Giants win at this moment, right? That's not what you're talking about. Probably not now, Brian. Although you never know. I mean, it's going all. No, I mean, Brian, people outside of San Francisco will care about this. Okay. Okay, No, good, good. So, yeah, this is widespread. All right. You see this and you're like, holy cow. What do you do, Justin? Right now, right now. You're like, right right now, right now. So, I, the first thing that I do, because there are two pads, and one is if if it's erupting in cities that, are not in South Florida, then I look to, I keep an eye on it, but I start to much in the way of like hurricane preparedness. I make sure that I have a safe place. I start, you know, uh, trying to figure out a, if stuff goes down, here's what I do. If it is happening in Fort Lauderdale, then it is time to hit the road. It's bringing up in cities. It's reports are coming in and you're not getting, I mean, you go there and it's Chicago's infected, New York City's infected, Atlanta's infected. Okay. Here's the, the first thing I do is I need to get near my like hunting friend. Okay. I, I, I need I need to be around people. So if all of a sudden like stuff really hits the fan and we gotta go on the road, I need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. I so are you, are you making phone calls? I mean, you're you're telling me what you need to me. Yes, Tell me what yes. Act- oh God, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm making phone calls. If those are down, then I'm driving to other houses, and I'm trying to take back roads so I don't, uh, you know, I don't hit as much traffic as I could. All right, Brian. I like. I'm shocked that that you don't already have a plan in place, Justin. I mean, I I trusted you to be an intelligent, free thinking individual who would have contingency plans. But Your guess, first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess also maybe it's different because like once you have a family, you start to think in terms of like, especially oh, when you travel, yeah. when you're on the road like I am, like there's, oh. I'm not worried about me. Whatever happens to me is going to happen to me. I'm not worried about that. Likely I'm on the road. But if I'm on the road and these things are happening, like I, you better believe there's a reason. I'm so very glad that my parents bought four acres just seven miles away from us. And you better believe that I'm glad that they've got water reclamation and maybe, perhaps, perhaps not, a year's worth of food available. Sure. Well, and I think, you know, as soon as you become a parent, you just start to see the world like like a Mossad agent, right? Like yes. you're just scanning 
for like exits and you know like who you'd have to stab first if they pulled a gun like you know it's just constantly figuring out every possible scenario so i would assume that you would have a lot more force for that but into it where it's like in in a lot of ways i kind of have the same mentality that whatever's gonna happen to me is gonna happen to me i just don't have the kids to worry about yeah no and and that makes sense And 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 i guess the moment i said that i realized oh wait so when i'm on the road i regard myself the way justin robert young does yes so i mean if, if Andrew is eliminating my parents or my family from the situation, I guess I would probably want to get closer to my brother, but I, I would want to, I would want to figure, I mean, I, I know people now I could name, you know, but, I, I could, I could give a list of people that like would, would be able to do months in, in, in the wilderness. In the spirit of problem. the walking dead though, they, they did make one, this is not a major spoiler at all, but, but in the comic book, the reason he goes to Atlanta is because he perceives that's probably where his family would have gone when the crap hit the fan, because that's where, you know, parents Everybody are. was told to go. Well, no, 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 no. That's where, that's, that's where family was. They say, well, there's family in Atlanta. That's why, that's why we're gone. And then, uh, and, uh, that likewise, I would have done the same thing. And, and likewise, you know, I know that all I have to do is find my, my parents' house and to, to know that that's very likely where Bonnie and the kids are. Now, I guess the biggest question for me is that do I do you immediately just try to go to a military base? No. What? No. Only if you want I to mean, be all right, given if a cot and told to lay there until you get eaten. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I think military bases aren't going to protect you. I think they're going to try and set up centers. They're going to try and put you in the Superdome. They're going to try to put yeah. you there. Well, they don't want you but, there. That, but that, I mean, all right, yeah, go somewhere to be told to go somewhere to be safe. Right. Well, and, and understand. So you, you say no. You're, you're, you're taking no your life in no, your own Wherever it is no they, quote unquote, are telling you to go, I'm not going there. Because because when I, and this is this is not born out of any kind of, you know, bizarre paranoia, but, but like trying to navigate your way from airport to airport, whenever a flight is canceled, whenever something comes up, they tell you to go to some booth to get, you know, to get your flight redirected. But meanwhile, the experienced travels, travelers immediately run over to a dark corner and start making phone calls to figuring out or or start hitting other gates to ask who they can make friends with in order to get somebody to, you know, rejigger their travel. Right. Yeah. So I'm um, um, I'm definitely I, I need to find survivalists. I need to drive there. I need to make contact with them immediately. And I need to not leave their side. So I mean, you've got that. You've got that plan ready to go. Yes. All right. I'm gonna ask you. All right, Brian. So you've got your place. So what happens when you get one of your friends, one of your high school buddies, calls you up and asks you what you're doing? Do you know what? I depending if if he's one of the outer orbits of of close to me. I'm going to totally be vague because the same way I am when people ask, uh, you know, specific questions that that indicate to me that there's a chance they may want to make a product that competes with one of my products or whatever, where I'm just like or, or when they vaguely ask permission to rip off an idea I have, uh, I suddenly get real vague on my details. So I'll be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try I'm going to try rendezvous. I, I think I'm going south. I'm going south. All right. Never, you're picking up the phone, Bry. There's no way I'm picking up the phone. They could be they be burning my cell phone up like I'm having a telethon. There's no way I'm hitting I'm hitting Wait a minute, answer so call. Like if I call you're not answering? 
Oh no, you call, but you're cool. Like I, he said, like, like if you start talking about like some random high school friends that like you know that you're not tight with, or you won't, or won't be able to help you. It, to me, if if I'm on that line where I'm gonna have to lie to him, there's no way I'm picking up the phone. And let's say some point down the road, I wind up coming in contact with him, and they're like, "Hey, I called you a million times. Is there any better ex- build an excuse to? Oh, I'm sorry, I was a little busy surviving the zombie apocalypse." But you don't want it. But like they may each time when it says. Caller ID unknown, or it's some phone number that you don't recognize. You're not picking it up because it could be, it could be like some, you know, government millionaire. Like, hey, we got a place for you. I, you know, who knows? Or oh, news okay, or yeah, the government, the government millionaire. We're gonna call random people. It's, it's well, I mean, it's what I'm picturing is you with congratulations. The top hat and the monocle. <laughs> My- the, 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 the Nigerian prince is going to call and exactly. tell you that your space arc is ready. I'm picturing rich Justin Robert Young saying, Chim Chim Cheru, sorry about the apocalypse, but the good news is I do have a craft headed to the stars. Are you interested? Please direct your eyes to the unicorn I've dispatched for you and your family. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm sorry. Like, it might get, if it gets to that point where it's really like, you know, Everyone's looking out for number one. Then I'm getting real stingy with Screen Master Five Thousand. It is interesting to me in your your scenarios how you seem to sort of lean towards what your your feel your safest your strongest. Justin doesn't trust his own survival instincts, so he decides he's going to get get hold of his hunting friends. Which yes, are, are these hunting friends or survivalist friends? Uh, they are. I would describe them more as hunting. Because I know a lot of hunters who could not live off the land. For no, the no, no. The they're road. definitely like they they're like 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 last weekend, instead of going to Halloween parties, they just, you know, went out to the Everglades for three days. Cool. All right. And they probably have an idea how to eat off the land. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. So Brian's instinct is Brian being a Texan, very self, you know, just board up, settle into the ranch. Defend. Yes. Like, and, and, yeah. and also like, you know, just water and food and, and those are taken care of. Well, water, food and guns is all it really boils down to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just immediate assessment of where my strengths are, where my weaknesses are. And let's like, you know, it, it's at that point, uh, assemble, assemble my AT. extra hard and chills you down to your last bone you can hear his sigh lonely dot geek the loneliest man on the internet why is he so lonely i don't know but you can make him less lonely by following him on twitter his name is lonely dot geek very simple i've already said it three times you can just go there and, and be his friend He's actually a really cool guy, and he makes mashups. He's DJ Z, if you've ever listened to NSFW. So follow Lonely.Geek on Twitter. Make the loneliest man on the internet a little less lonely. That geek. Go! I grew up on the water. I'm not a big fan of the water, but I grew up around the water. I know the water. It's brilliant. You just hop on a boat. Yeah, yeah. Family has boats. I have friends who have boats. I get a boat, and you don't. I'm not gonna like go set sail to the high seas, but just kind of go off. Because then all Fort you need Lauderdale is water. Beach. You just need fresh water. 
and you can get all the food you want. Oh, I'll tell fish. you what, though, man. Like, that's that seems like a real excuse to get jacked and killed by some other dude on a boat. Because, like, stuff is just as lawless. When, 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 when society breaks down, you're telling me you're not worried about pirates. Like, pirate stuff oh happens now off the coast of Florida. This is so true. Do you realize, like, if you try to escape the zombies, now you have to deal with the pirates. And this is not like this is this is a real life scenario. If zombies happen, Andrew will have to f deal with pirates. Well, here's my thinking on this. Okay, Fort Lauderdale, where I live, filled with canals. Okay, yeah. So if you move to a boat, you don't even have to you know, leave your mooring. Start off with. If all of a sudden you realize the whole town is taken over by zombies, then you just leave. You just take your boat on down there and you move on. But you never have to get very far from shore. You've got an intracoastal waterway. So you're you can get you can be never more than two hundred feet away from shore at any given time. So you're not as prone towards being victimized by pirates at that point as you would be further offshore. But also the advantage you have there is everything, it's very easy to go. The roads are gonna get tied up. You're gonna have cars stopped, you're gonna have crashes. It's gonna be harder to navigate the roads, I would imagine. You yes. start getting you know big wrecks and stuff, and then you're you've you you lose a tremendous amount of mobility. On the eastern seaboard, if you're in a boat, you're never gonna be that far away from any kind of civilization at any point. And if you want, you can just you know stay further out at, at during the day than at night, coming closer to shore, look for signs of civilization, monitor radios, you can fish for survival, your food supply, because you're gonna get a lot of here's the thing, everybody's like, I'm gonna go talk to the survivalists, I'm gonna go do this. How many people do you think are going to be headed off to the Everglades? How many people are going to go out there and be doing that? Now, you go there, you on a Saturday, you go to all of the boat ramps and all of the places in the parks in Florida, and you look at the number of people are there, times that by a thousand. You How much what? food is... That's pretty good because that's that's the same kind of uh, that's the same kind of thinking. Like you got to zig where everyone else is zagging, man. Everyone's going well, to the Everglades. You go to the well. Ocean. You look at you know hunter gatherers. What was the uh, I can't pull this off the top of my head, but uh, the average hunter gatherer, the amount of area they needed for food supply, how much to live? Oh, it was something like a hundred acres. Wow, each one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I I totally see where you're coming from. I think this is this is a good plan, but like. I can definitely see just like Jimbo James and the Hee Haw Gang and they're in there. Yeah. In there. And, and 5,000. Okay. We just went to well, the place we get our videos replicated. They sell, they, one of the things they replicate is hunting videos. Yeah. Okay. Every single, and they do huge business by that. Hunting videos is a huge, huge market. Every one of those guys is going to have the same plan. And it's very, you know, we, you know why we do hunting permits? Because if we let every hunter who wanted to hunt when they wanted to, we would lose all the animals we'd gone in the first week. We've got such a huge population. We're not hunter-gatherers anymore. So you're, it's not just going to be you and your friends out there. Everybody's going to be out there. Well, and how, but you got to imagine have guns. Like the vast majority of them are, I, to be honest, I think you're going to see like cannibal gangs running around. No, I think you will. Like, it's way easier to shoot you know, other people from the city than a deer. Because I can't well, find that deer, but the guy from the city is making a lot of noise. Well, exactly. How long do you think, how many wild boar do you think are out there that you're going to eat? Oh, none, because I can't yeah. catch those. I can catch Larry from marketing, though. Yeah. So, that's my, so, Justin, that's my thing. If we lived in, let's say, Montana or something like that, where the 
far, far lower population, I would say it's a little bit more viable, but even then you're going to run into that problem where you're, it's going to get overhunted in the first four days. No, because see, I think you're totally misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm saying let's be Jimbo James and the Hee Haw Gang and start ripping people off on their boats. A okay. pirate's life, Andrew. All right, you can do that, but it's a you know, little more effort to do that than to just walk in and take whatever provisions you want. Well, then you've completely shot down my totally serious pitch for you and I to become pirates. Well, you can you can you can, you can come up. <laughs> you can come on board my vessel. You can absolutely be on board there. Well, thank you. Okay, but we're gonna or we're gonna go steal our buddy Lugu's boat. Whatever. He's that a houseboat. Would, yeah, well, it's not and a houseboat actually. It's a boat. Strippers. Yes, but that's my plan now. Is my dad super fisherman? I find my dad. I'll have to learn to like fish survive because that's my thing everybody has this sort of this this the uh, we'll go hunting sort of fantasy but i'm thinking like that's, that's what everybody's way, gonna be i think it's great that both andrew and i's scenarios are we're gonna run home to mom and dad we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna run to our parents when the zombie apocalypse happens listen there and, and by the way the only reason why that wasn't my pick was because andrew started a scenario up saying your parents aren't around <laughs> my, well I, I i mean you can i was trying to make it where you didn't have to go protect your mom Although we know how that would really work in your family. <laughs> exactly. So that's my solution, everybody. I'm going to take to the seas because when we run out of food, we just pick up anchor and move further along and find more people. I mean, find more tuna. Find more walking tuna. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys own guns? Like, like, have you taken physical steps towards this eventuality? And, and, and by the way, I think that it, we all like to use zombie apocalypse as... Did you hear that, kind of, Brian? Wait. Did you just cock a gun? Maybe I did. You hear that, Brian? <laughs> Is that really you have a gun? <laughs> that was the air coming out of the BB gun. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you know what? That'll help keep away the pirates. You'll at least think you have a gun. Whatever. Listen, my dad lives, my mom and dad live an hour away. Okay. My dad is, you know, a qualified outdoorsman, hunter, etc. was firearms trainer, was all of these manly things that I am not. <laughs> so that's where I'm going. There's a reason why why you're going to run to the boat and I'm going to run to the ranch. And Justin's yeah. going to get eaten alive by zombies. Exactly. He's going to go run off his hillbilly friends. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm sold on this high seas adventure. All right. We can do that. We can do that. Because, like, you know, we start taking boats. And you've got, think about this too. You're going to have, there's, if we wanted to get some big boats, You've got a ton of big yachts in Fort Lauderdale, okay? So we've got 30 minutes away. We could have our pick. We could take, we could probably take Jay-Z's yacht yeah. if we want. Oh, no, probably. I mean, between Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami, you pretty much got your pick of any yacht you could possibly want. So that's my thinking. We'll be living good. I mean, hey! So, boys and girls, it's been fun. It's been really weird. Listener shoutouts, or maybe sponsor the podcast. Email weirdthingsmail at gmail.com. The same address where you can make a suggestion or write your own scenario. Weirdthingsmail at gmail.com.